We start in Russia, where the founder of the Wagner mercenary group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, is presumed dead after his plane crashed in the northwest of the country. Mr. Prigozhin led a failed mutiny in Russia back in June. This image is the, from the crash scene near Moscow. It's been confirmed by BBC Verify. Aviation officials in Russia say Mr. Prigozhin was on board the private jet which crashed and that all 10 people on board were killed. Well, the UK government says it's monitoring the situation. Meanwhile, the US President Joe Biden said he was not surprised about what had happened. From Moscow, our Russia editor Steve Rosenberg sent this report. Caught on camera, the final seconds of a private jet. On board, reportedly, the head of the Wagner mercenary group, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Look over there by the farm, it's burning, the eyewitness can be heard saying. In the distance, a giant cloud of smoke. The Embraer plane had crashed in the Tver region of Russia, north of Moscow. Mr. Prigozhin's right-hand man, Wagner commander Dmitry Utkin, is also thought to have been on board. Later, a Wagner-linked telegram channel confirmed that Yevgeny Prigozhin had been killed. It claimed it was the result of the actions of traitors of Russia. It's two months to the day since the Wagner chief launched what he called his march of justice, his mutiny the insurrection by Wagner forces who'd been fighting on the Kremlin side in Ukraine. They'd rolled unopposed into the city of Rostov. Their demands, the removal of Russia's senior military leadership, who they blamed for setbacks on the battlefield. There were these extraordinary scenes as the paramilitary chief admonished Russian generals. And then they'd marched on in the direction of Moscow, in a direct challenge to the authority of President Putin. The Kremlin leader called it treachery. Russia, he said, had been stabbed in the back. The mutineers would be punished. But by evening, a deal had been done to end the insurrection. Even though Russian servicemen had been killed, there would be no charges against Yevgeny Prigozhin and his Wagner troops. They would have to leave Russia, but the agreement left the Kremlin looking weak. This was Vladimir Putin in the city of Kursk, commemorating the Soviet victory in a famous World War II battle. There's been no comment yet from the president on the plane crash. On the streets of Moscow, there was a mixed reaction. I couldn't care less, he says. This was to be expected, says Dmitry. Some of the things Prigozhin did or didn't do needed to be punished. He had lots of enemies. Little surprise then, but much speculation about why the jet crashed. Who had targeted the plane and its controversial passenger? Was this an act of revenge against the man who had dared to humiliate those in power in Russia? Steve Rosenberg, BBC News. For more on this, let's bring in our security correspondent, the BBC's Frank Gardner. And Frank, I want to pick up on a point that you've made on the live page on our website, that UK defence sources say that Russia's domestic intelligence agency most likely targeted this plane. Why would they do so, and what more do we know about those comments from UK defence sources? Right, well, first of all, the, there's no proof yet um, provided either by the Russians or by Wagner Group that 
Prigozhin is dead and that his body has been identified, but it's certainly the assumption. So if he, this was a deliberate targeting, and that's certainly the belief by most people, um, then it would be the FSB that's done it. The FSB are the domestic internal intelligence agency in Russia. They are the successors to the KGB, um, and Vladimir Putin, of course, spent much of his early career working for the KGB. He's got uh, a loyal following in the FSB, um, whereas there are some elements of the military that were more sympathetic to Prigozhin. Um, the FSB's loyalty is not in question. And they, there is a track record here. Um, so the FSB, for example, um, are accused of trying to poison Alexei Navalny, the biggest critic of President Putin um, back in about two or three years ago when they used Novichok nerve agent to sabotage his underwear in his hotel. Now, that may sound amusing, but actually Novichok is such a lethal, such a powerful nerve agent that Alexei Navalny fell very, very ill and would have died. He was in intense pain. He was taken off a plane between Omsk and Tomsk, I think it was, in Siberia, and rushed to hospital and only just survived. He's now in a penal colony. Working on the assumption, the working hypothesis, that Yevgeny Prigozhin has died in this incident, how does Ukraine look to leverage this with regards to the conflict in Ukraine? The Wagner mercenary group used people that had taken from penal colonies to grind down those Russian forces during the fight for Bakhmut. They've been hugely influential on the battlefield. That power has now been weakened, both following the mutiny two months ago and potentially now following the death of Prigozhin. What will Kiev seek to do in the coming days and weeks? I don't think the death, if it's confirmed, of Yevgeny Prigozhin is going to make very much difference to the war in Ukraine because it all changed after that so-called March for Justice, in other words, the mutinous march on Moscow on June the 24th. From that moment on, um, Wagner were no longer going to be a force in Ukraine. Um, they have largely withdrawn from Ukraine. They moved initially to inside Russia and to Belarus. Some of them have redeployed to Africa. The bigger question, I think, now is what's going to happen to Wagner's thousands of troops that are in West Africa who've got these alliances, these rather shady deals with governments in Mali and the Central African Republic and Burkina Faso and elsewhere, Libya. Um, it's quite an effective uh, business model that they've got there. And the Kremlin, I think, will be looking to replace Wagner either at the top or with other forces to capitalize on the kind of geostrategic position that they've managed to acquire for themselves, pushing out the French, pushing out the UN and the EU and putting the Kremlin's interests first there. Frank, Frank Garner, for the moment, thank you.